In like, when a practice needs help, they they'll reach out to our team usually via phone call, scheduled phone call, so everybody's uh, time is respected. And they most of the time it's a it's a very open listening session on our team member side of things. We want to hear the skeletons in the closet, the wonderful things about your practice, everything in between, and then streamline that down to who you actually need in your practice. So what a lot of docs do is I need a person who does XYZ, ABC, you know, they got six different job descriptions. And I've done that before myself. It's an impossible uh, situation from a hiring standpoint because you can't hire for that. You can't hire for somebody to do six different things. You need to streamline it down into one, one and a half because everybody needs a little bit of a backup position when things are slow, you know, something else they can do. And so our team members help um, whittle that down um, and then they write the job description and the job description is written using language that will elicit the type of candidates that we want in the first place. It all starts there. Um, very specific. Hello and welcome to the Good Podcast on iCode Media. Today I had a great conversation with Dr. Mike Neal. We discussed how to build your team from the ground up completely different than the, than the way you have thought about it before and his company to do that. So it was a really fun conversation for me. It made me start thinking about things differently. I will probably be using, not probably, I will, we're going to be scheduling a consultation with Dr. Neil Hill very soon uh, or his team members very soon. So as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review, share it with your friends and support those who support us. My patients with macular degeneration want clear and succinct recommendations from me related to products and solutions that can benefit their long-term ocular health and vision. To do this for my patients, I need to be confident that what I'm recommending will have a benefit to them. And that's why my supplement of choice is MacuHealth. MacuHealth is specifically formulated and clinically proven to rebuild and maximize macular pigment over a lifetime. This results in enhanced visual performance and aids in the treatment and prevention of age-related macular degeneration. I've discussed carotenoid absorption on this podcast with Dr. Nolans and Stringham, and MacuHealth uses a patented process called micromycel technology. And this technology is clinically proven to increase carotenoid concentrations at the target tissue and deliver the highest level of bioavailability studied to date. MacuHealth has been great for my patients. We really feel like we have the ability to help those patients in all categories of macular degeneration. If you're not utilizing MacuHealth for your patients, Check it out for yourself by contacting your MacuHealth representative. Young and emerging presbyopes can be tricky. These patients want and need additional help at near, but they can be resistant to solutions that create even mild distance blur. The MyDay multifocal lens has been great for our presbyopic patients. It allows those patients to transition into a multifocal more easily. We've had this lens now for long enough that we've been able to see how simple transitions can be from an adaptation standpoint from lower ad designs to higher ad designs. The MyDay multifocal material is CooperVision's softest one-day hydrogel lens and features Aquaform technology combining the unique balance of high oxygen permeability with natural wettability in one material. The result is a highly breathable lens that keeps our patient's eyes looking clear, white, and healthy. So if you haven't started utilizing MyDay Multifocal in your practice, I'd encourage you to reach out to your CooperVision representative to get started. Uh, Dr. Neil, tell me a little bit about your practice in general, but also, you know, the the problem that you encountered within your practice in identifying the right people that you want to hire. Yeah. And then how that spawned the next step into your current or maybe co-venture with, uh, with your hiring company. Sure. Um, so, so we, we started off like any other practice, um, hiring people as necessary. And what we noticed is that, um, there were, we were just, uh, it was a revolving door of, uh, people in the practice. And the reason being is that the way we were hiring was not producing anything other than the results that we got. And it's, you know, it's pretty straightforward when you start to see results like that, you can blame a whole bunch of things, but the real problem was the system that we were using for hiring. 
And can you tell nutshell, me a little bit about the results that you were like, you know, obviously like we can all assume that we go through the same types of problems, but what were the yeah. problems you were seeing? Mediocrity, people performing at, uh, you know, CD player levels. They were being hired um, to, you know, using principles of empathy during the hiring process. Uh, trying to help people, fix people, treat people, you know, essentially taking a doctor mentality to the hiring process. And uh, all of a sudden, we end up with folks who aren't suitable for a, you know, a, a business grade environment within a practice. They're just not performers. They're not high achievers. They're not A players. They were you know, we were getting exactly um, what we were hiring for. Our system was broken. We didn't know it. Uh, and we kept getting the results of this broken system. So and now, no, sorry to yeah. interrupt, but I, but this, this kind of always lets me go down different, different avenues. The, mm -hmm. um, what is the psychology? Obviously you're not a psychologist, you're an optometrist, but what is the psychology right. behind why is it because we're just so naturally built to be empathetic and, and try to help people that is that all it is? Or are there, is there a deeper kind of generalized hiring psychology that comes from small business owners in general and then optometrists in, in particular? Well, I think the number one problem that we face, and I, I can't generalize to other practices with this particular issue, but the problem we faced was simply that we were hiring um, people primarily trying to help them, uh, you know, and while well, simultaneously helping our practice. And let's face it, the unfortunate truth is that folks who don't have their act together. We'd like to think that it's because of some external force or otherwise. Uh, and sometimes it most certainly is. However, the majority of times they don't have their act together because they don't have their act together. It's their, it's an internal problem, not, uh, not anything else you can point your finger at. And that unfortunately was something we were trying to, um, you know, trying to hire people to help them, you know, give the, the leg up. But uh, some folks are incapable of doing that. That's just the unfortunate truth of it all. And when you remove the empathy side of things, you turn around and you look at it and you say, oh boy, oh boy, no wonder we're having problems. We're hiring folks who are incapable of doing what we're asking them there to do. They might be nice. They might be fantastic. They might have a winning smile, but at the end of the day, their strengths and talents most certainly lie elsewhere. And so then what were your, so take me back to that point in time, like, you know, Again, I know how we hire in our practice, but how yeah. were you hiring in your practice that was allowing you to overlook the, uh, uh, or maybe focus on the smile, focus on the, the nice things that come out of the person's mouth, but not being able yeah. to identify whether they were an A-level player. Resumes. That's the, the key thing that as part of the process, we were hiring people based upon resumes. And the unfortunate truth is what does a resume tell you about a person? Um, nothing. It's a work history. And it is exaggerated at an absolute minimum, um, falsified as more of a normal occurrence, um, expanded, you name it. So when you're taking a look at resumes for the hiring process, um, you get the results that that essentially propagates. It doesn't tell you anything about the person. What you're looking for essentially is to find a person with experience or you think might do a good job of it based upon gut extrapolation, hope, whatever it might be. And you bring those people in for an interview. They sit in front of the doctor. They are intimidated, sometimes scared, sometimes, uh, I mean, virtually never completely comfortable. Have a discussion with them. What does it tell you about the person? Uh, I'll flat out tell you definitively, they're going to tell you what you need to hear in order to give them the job. That is the purpose of an interview um, on average in a healthcare environment. Is it right? Of course not. But that's how that goes. And so when you're told what you want to hear, when you're in a situation where mo most times you're some level of desperate because a person left your practice, left you high and dry, let's face it, how many people give three months notice nowadays, you know? Um, when you're in that type of situation, yeah, you will, no reason to. you will hear what you want to hear. And, um, you're human. Like it, it, part of the, the biggest part of this issue 
that we face is what everybody faces nowadays using resumes for hiring and the interview process is you have absolutely no idea what the person that you're you're hiring is actually good at. And that's what we that is the foundational problem that we were able to solve through the build my team process. Well, so then, you know, I think there's a couple points that you hit on. The first one is that if you talk to docs across the country and you've probably experienced this yeah. is that when you need to hire somebody, it's really a challenge just getting applicants in general and then applicants that even just present well on paper. And yeah. when you, when you look at an applicant that, okay, you've sent in your resume, as you're saying, and then they look decent on paper. Now you, now you might have something there, but then you see, well, they've worked someplace here for a year or there for a year. Maybe that tells me a lot about their history or what they'll do to us, but it also could mean that they just haven't found the right spot yet. Right. It could also be that now you've get to the point where you say, well, let's call them up and see, but then they maybe do a quick phone interview, but they don't show up in person. Mm -hmm. So the, the build my team process, uh, I, I want to learn about that, but do you have any other resources within that, that get to the point of like getting more, maybe it's not more, but better and more applicants, uh, in at the very beginning? Well, you have to, um, get more applicants because you are looking at picking the the best out of a pile of not so great candidates most of the time when you're posting on, let's say one job board or otherwise, where it becomes a rather nefarious problem to solve is how do you get oodles of candidates? So for example, with the build my team process, um, we solve that problem by creating software that publishes an open, like one of our clients jobs out to over 22 different job boards. It's posted simultaneously all over the place. And the, conceptually, it casts the widest possible net that we can for the simple reason being that most people are going to be rejected as part of this process. And so you want a couple of A players at the end of our process. Well, you need to cast a wide net in order to get them. It's, it's just the statistical nature of it. Now, doing that manually, let's face it, it's an arduous task. Yeah, absolutely. And so the, you know, to, to just kind of dive into how, how is this problem, how has this problem been solved? We start out in, like when a practice needs help, they, they'll reach out to our team, usually via phone call, scheduled phone call. So everybody's um, time is respected. And they, most of the time it's a, it's a very open listening session on our team member side of things. We want to hear the skeletons in the closet, the wonderful things about your practice, everything in between, and then streamline that down to who you actually need in your practice. So what a lot of docs do is I need a person who does XYZ, ABC, well, they got six different job descriptions. And I've done that before myself. It's an impossible uh, situation from a hiring standpoint, because you can't hire for that. You can't hire for somebody to do six different things. You need to streamline it down into one, one and a half, because everybody needs a little bit of a backup position when things are slow, you know, something else they can do. And so our team members help um, whittle that down. Um, and then they write the job description and the job description is written using language that will elicit the type of candidates that we want in the first place. It all starts there. Um, very specific. So once that job description is written, it's published out to the over, you know, the 22 different job boards plus, and then this is where it gets really interesting. Um, as soon as a candidate applies to the position, their, their cell phone buzzes, they get a text within five seconds. And it is actually that fast because it has to be that fast. Once they've applied to a job, they are on to the next one and the next one. And if you, if you have any experience, um, you know, even for, I won't say fun, but for the, the, to understand the hiring process, you try and apply on these job boards and they make it exceedingly easy to buy, uh, you know, it's like Amazon prime. You can buy something with what two clicks, you know, three clicks. Mm -hmm. It's even faster than that on these job boards. So by the time 
if they don't get our response within five seconds, they will forget what job they applied for. Oh because yeah, we had somebody. The second to the third. We had somebody two weeks ago that uh, we offered a job to. That when we offered it to her, she said, "And now, which where where are you from? Like, which <laughs> company is this?" And and then part of it, yeah. And part of it is um, part of it in my the back of my mind is how much does is unemployment going along with that? Because it's so mm-hmm. easy. All they have to do is show proof, and they don't really want a job yet. I think there's some of that. I don't know what your experience has been, but um, but I like the idea of being able to respond to them quickly. Well, we deal throughout North America and like a full statistical bell curve of all the reasons why, you know, behind it. And that's, again, a strength of our, our process because it eliminates the people who are full of excuses, full of uh, don't want to get off the couch, you know, are really upset that you interrupted their Xbox game today. You know, that's on you. That's not on them, that, that they're uh, inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. Um, you see everything. And so once these uh, people apply, what we do immediately is we start them through what's essentially a very specific screening process. What we're looking for are these A players at the end. And we're able to deliver those reliably throughout North America. How is that done? Well, it starts off with a mindset assessment. And this is all done via their cell phone we um, created uh, a mindset assessment that determines uh, if a person would have the proper mindset for a healthcare position. And so you're looking at things like, um, do they have initiative? Uh, do they ha- are they grateful and appreciative? Do they want to help people? Right off the bat, you've eliminated over half of the people applying for your job with those three things. Um, do they have entitlement? Um, I don't know about you, but I am pathologically anaphylactically uh, allergic to entitlement. If you think the world owes you something, God bless you. That's your, you know, God bless America. You can have that opinion, but you're not getting it. You must not work in one of our current university systems right now (laughs) or school systems for that matter. Oh my. Uh, I I won't unlock that. Uh, Maybe I I shouldn't, I should put that cat back in the bag, but. (laughs) That's a three to five podcast episode discussion. Yeah. We'll have you back. Um, you know, we uh, we want to know if they like to learn because if they don't like to learn in healthcare, you're doomed. I mean, what what is static in healthcare from a team member standpoint? So once we've measured their mindset, most of the people who start that, we exit them from our process because they do not move forward in the process. Can you give me just, I know it's, it's obviously proprietary, but can you give me mm-hmm. a sense of like how, what type of question might you ask that would assess their mindset based on their... Uh, without sort of giving it away, yeah. like without giving it away their the, their ability to lie about it, right? Like if you if you're trying to get initiative or entitlement, yeah. like how do you how do you disguise that in a way that is not nefarious but teases yeah. out the information? We we don't ask the question. It's a comparison. It's hmm. a comparison of where they're at now to where they want to be, hmm. and they. Uh, there's no ability to game that because we're not asking them a right or wrong. We're asking them an internal comparison and how Can that you give comparison. Me an um, you would be, so for example, on the, uh, the initiative side of things, um, we have it phrased along the lines of, um, you know, you, you pick on a continuum of where you are at with language that, you know, you pick, uh, it's, it's a, a scale. And then you also compare that to where you want to be. So there's a sweet spot on all of these different mindset components. We're looking for people who aren't exactly where they want to be. You know, they're perfect. Um, they know exactly, we're not looking for that person. We're also not looking for a person who's a quarter of the way to where they want to be. There's a sweet spot there. And like all of these different things that we measure, we have what we have, uh, we'll call it an algorithm behind each of these. Here's what works in an eye care practice. Here's what works in a private practice. Here's what works in a dental practice. We do this for eight different healthcare professions. And what we see is that, um, private practices across the board are almost all, uh, they're exceedingly similar. So for example, our optometry practices are exceptionally similar to a dental practice, to a chiropractic Mm -hmm. practice, 
from the different positions. Like let's say you work in the front desk position in eye care. Well, I got news for you. You can walk tomorrow into a Cairo office or into a dental office and you'll be up, up and running lickety split. It'll take you a little bit of time, but the concept is very similar. So the people that apply to your eye care practice or my eye care practice, they don't differentiate between eyes, teeth, backs, spines. It's all a similar job to them where they're applying because it's a very, very stable paycheck. They know that they can support their family, um, their, uh, you know, their kids, that type of thing. They're not going to get laid off tomorrow. None of those things happen in, uh, you know, in healthcare practices on a, you know, on any level of routine uh, basis. So what we're looking for getting back to the mindset is do they have a healthcare mindset or not? If they do, they advance to the next level of our screening process. If they do not, they very gently and wonderfully get exited out of our process. So the next thing, what are we, you know, what's next after mindset? Well, we want to know how fast they learn. So we measure it. The key reason being, and this is a, this is a mindset difference for our approach. We, our clients think differently versus uh, using the resume approach. We don't, and there's some exceptions to this, but we generally don't want people with experience. We, some exceptions. So before folks light up the, uh, <laughs> the comment section, <laughs> um, for the most part, that's the case. Now there are some, some positions where they can be helpful, but again, the most part it's detrimental. Why? Well, people listening are like, what the heck's this guy yabbering on about? If you come to my practice with experience, I have to un train your good habits. I got to untrain your bad habits. I have to un, I have to undo. Now contrast that with somebody who is smart. How do we know they're smart? Well, we just measured it. They're not too smart. If they're too smart, they leave. And if they're not smart enough on Tuesday, you're talking about the same thing in their training as you did Monday. And guess what you're going to do on Wednesday, right? Mm. So the really smart ones, um, we have a, again, a sweet spot. And when they come into the practice, they can learn exceptionally quickly. They can master the material very quickly. They stay because they're not too, too smart. And now all of a sudden you've got somebody who's made it through. They've got a healthcare mindset. They learn very quickly. They don't have the bad habits to undo, which is critical. Um, they, they are able to look at this position and say, okay, this is pretty cool. And, and they do that. Um, next thing we're, we're doing after the speed learning, and by the way, if they don't meet the criteria for how fast they learn, they gently exit the, the process. Next thing we're measuring, it's a whole bunch of stuff. We, we have pages of information on these folks. And by the way, this all takes less than 20 minutes. It's just how these, this process works. We want to know well, things I just like, like the fact that, that it's taking 20 minutes because it, it removes the, like you already said, if they don't care about, if they just want to take two, two clicks to get something out there so that they can, you know, keep, keep checking the box on their unemployment, they're not going to take the 20 minutes away from their nope. what call it, new call of duty or whatever the, you know, Fortnite is. Well, exactly. Uh, they have, we're asking them to make an investment in you in our client's job. Like they, they have to invest in your practice to get through this process or they don't get the job. And the, uh, the A players, what ends up happening is they will look at this process and say, wow, these guys are specific. They are making me jump through a bunch of hoops. They're not unreasonable hoops. Um, they must have one heck of a team here because the, the type of people this would attract, they're like me. Like I, you know, they, they want They want an A player wants to work with A players mm -hmm. An A player will quit because of a C player and they tolerate B players. That's how it is. So when you're this specific about the type of person you want working in your practice, you end up attracting, you magnetically attract a whole different category of candidate. And, you know, other things that we're looking for, are they warm and friendly with patients? How do they follow procedures and policies? Um, are they detail oriented? Can they handle paperwork? You know, paperwork meaning computer now. Um, 
are they able to uh, handle extended routine, which we have every day in healthcare? Do they get bored by it? Well, what do you think is going to happen if somebody can't handle paperwork, if they're bored by extended routine, and you think they're the best thing since sliced bread? They're gone. They'll never make yep. it. We yep. want to know, um, and this is, uh, let's say, for example, if you're using scribes or techs in your practice, do they have strong follow-up? When we're seeing patients and you tell one of your techs uh, something, do you mark it in a notebook? Boy, I better check at the end of the day. Did they do that? Well, if you are running that type of system, I will categorically mm -hmm. tell you, you have the wrong people working right. for you. Right. When, when we say something on the OD side of things, I, I don't even Expect follow up. Done. It's done. Yep. It's already yep. done, right? It has to be. And if you're not, exactly. Otherwise, what time would you go home at night? 10? Yep. 11 yeah, p.m.? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's really, you bring up a very interesting point, uh, Mike, is that there's a lot of doctors across the country that I work with that they will struggle to get their charts done at nighttime. They'll won't, they won't close them. Then they get backed up to the next day. And then here they've got a pile of charts, maybe not a lot. I think there's more than I'd like to admit where yeah. one of their biggest issues is they just haven't completed their work for the day. And yeah. My sense is always, well, you got to get yourself a scribe or you've got to be able to, before yeah. you move on to the next patient, you've got to finish. You've got to complete what you've done before. And, and very little of that needs to be done at the end of the day. But now you bring up a point of, well, I haven't even thought to ask about when you ask one of your team members to do X, Y, or Z, yeah. does it get done right away? Or do you have to follow up with it? That's a, that's a pretty critical question. And my assumption always has been that, that that does happen, but you bring up a really solid point that- it may not. In practices where it may not, the person that uh, contributes to the may not component of that is not working in the right position for them. They are unhappy, categorically unhappy. You're asking them every day to, <coughs> excuse me, um, not operate in their strengths. And, you know, not operating in their strengths is uh, just as challenging for the employee as it is for you. The um, so so, Mike, do you see that often where I mean, I guess, you know, from from my perspective, what you're doing, are you getting to see a lot of those types of like, do you actually come into the practice and see, oh, there's some other things go that are going on within this practice that are leading to these other problems or are you seeing this and saying, look, we're just going to rebuild this from the ground up and, and then that's, those problems sort of go away because you're putting people in the right places? The answer to that is both and everything in between. Um, that's where the, the honest discussions with our team members really form the foundation of how we can help your practice. I mean, there are practices where they need, they're running great. They just need a person. And we are the solution for them because it's incredibly cost effective and you can hire a person through our service with less than an hour's worth of work end to end. We do this all the time. That's a, can, um, a practice where, I mean, it's straightforward. Then there are practices where they need some help and there's nothing wrong. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, <laughs> no, it's me. common. It, it's um, common. No, no, you're okay. I mean, I think it's common where you get into a, a rut of, of what you've got, you know, you don't, you don't, you're not exceedingly happy about what it is, but maybe you can't right. even put your finger on what the problem is. And, and yet, you know, we've all had the, we've all had the employee where you let them go or they quit and you're like, holy cow, everything changed. Yeah. And you weren't even aware of the, this kind of festering negativity in your practice. And that is not a reflection. I don't believe on the quality of doctor, the quality of leader, the quality of practice that, that a doctor is is developing, it just could be the case that one snuck through. And even well, not that course. one snuck through, but but that one that was really good at one point in time yeah. stopped being good. And well, pe people and change. you couldn't identify sure. it. Yeah. You know, for all you know, they're having some type of miserable problem at home. I mean, who knows? So 
we we're, we're not only measuring the stuff about them. We're also measuring things like what motivates them. Um, that's critical. Some people are motivated by, you know, money. Some people, I mean, everybody needs to eat, but critical, some people yeah. are motivated by team recognition. They, and everything in between. We're also measuring their working environment. Um, how do they communicate? You know, I'm able, a lot of docs are able to talk at a relatively quick cadence. Some folks need to talk this fast. Well, if you're a person who can listen to somebody who talks quickly and take action, that's one thing. If you can't, then that person's not a good fit for your practice. Uh, because I'm not walking down the hallway in between exam rooms and going to talk at half speed just so you can keep up. I mean, let's face it, that it's not going to happen. So we're, we're measuring those types of things. We also measure something that is stupendously predictive. It's stress tolerance. So each position has a different level of stress tolerance requirement. For example, if you're a scribe, yeah, things are fast and furious, but nobody's screaming at you, right? Um, you're a technician, things are pretty straightforward for the most part. You're working the front desk or, well, no. or you're a biller and you're, you're doing billing while talking to patients. You need a helmet and a, <laughs> you know, a, a, a flak jacket and a riot shield. That is the unfortunate requirement of, of healthcare in America today, as, yeah. as ridiculous as that is. These are folks who need to be able to handle stress um, at an extreme end of the continuum. And if you put a person in who's got all kinds of awesomeness, natural strengths and talents for the position, but can't handle stress into one of those positions, they're gone. You will just have wasted your time in, in placing that person in that environment. So, you know, we're measuring those types of things. And at the end of that, um, if a person passes through those filters, then we ask, um, we have a bunch of different, what we call knockout questions. And this is logistically just nuts and bolts. For example, what hourly income are you hoping to receive? Um, are you looking for full part-time employment? How far do you live from the practice? You know, how many minutes is your commute time? So for example, let's say you're per picking a number, you're paying a person 15 bucks an hour and they live 20 minutes from your practice. Well, what do you think is going to happen if they're passing three dental practices, a chiropractor practices, a medical office on the way, and those guys are paying a buck an hour more? Well, this is going to be short-lived yep. in, in terms of their employment with you. Now, on the other hand, if you're in a rural area and they're only 20 minutes away, you might be the only thing between their front door and your front door. So do they identify... But, but Mike, do they identify, so I completely understand what you're saying is that the metrics on a person that's working for a dental office yeah. or a chiropractic office or an optometry office, that they are the same person, mm -hmm. but do they understand that? The candidate to me. Correct. Do they realize that they are, that they have skills that will translate between those professions and that they can actually use that those skills to earn different money. So you're not. So are we actually competing not just against other optometric practices and ophthalmologic practices, but are we actually competing against you know internal medicine practices and dentistry practices and chiropractic practices intentionally in those candidates' minds? I think that it is unintentional in most of them. However, they're applying at those practices. Okay. So unintentional or intentional is immaterial for the discussion. The buttons are being hit to apply to those types of positions anyway. What they're looking for is the stability. Um, the, of healthcare. Uh, yeah, and and uh, they're not digging holes for a living working in a you know in a healthcare office. Sure, there are some some pros and cons to it, but it's not an awful job right? They're not out in the rain. They're not holding a flag stick uh, on a road construction crew. I mean, you name the type of position. It's not that bad. It just the, the working in an office environment. So if a person's okay working at office A, are they okay working in office B, even if they're a dissimilar type of uh, uh, practice or even not healthcare? And the answer is usually yes. The most common questions I get include, what ophthalmological codes or evaluation and management codes should I use? What ICD-10 
10 codes do I need to build with this CPT code? What CPT codes can be built together and what can't? And my favorite, how do I manage a patient who has diabetes who comes in for a quote-unquote routine eye exam? These questions really highlight the confusion and uncertainty that serves as a daunting hurdle for providers, makes it more challenging for them to care for their patients and provide those patients with the best opportunity for a lifetime of ocular health and clear vision. That's why we built iCode Education for this specific purpose. Our mission is to provide optometrists with resources to help you understand disease states, revenue cycles, and billing and coding so that you can put that on autopilot and truly care for your patients. Check out iCodeEducation.com. That's E-Y-E-C-O-D-E Education.com. We've developed a premier billing and coding bundle that includes all of our billing and coding resources in one place. We also have a 10% discount code just for listeners of this podcast. Enter the coupon code E-Y-E-C-O-D-E-M-E-D-I-A-22 at checkout. We'd love to work with you. Check out iCodeEducation.com. Getting young presbyopes into progressive lenses can be tough, but it doesn't have to be. Verilux Liberty 3.0 lenses are an introductory solution for new and young presbyopes, and they are available in select ad powers. This lens provides all-in-one balanced vision for an accessible and great first-time progressive lens wearing experience. Learn more about Verilux Liberty 3.0 lenses and get free resources to help start the progressive lens conversation with young presbyopes at slorepro.com slash Verilux. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So, so I, I cut you off, but you were talking about it might be different between somebody that's going to travel 15 uh, minutes into my office yeah. versus somebody who's not going to pass any other businesses that are healthcare related. That's a different, that's a different proposition in terms of right. what they might expect per hour. So I like, I like that you're asking that up front. Well, there, there's, I that's important. there's also, well, there's also one other thing, and this is again, such a nuts and bolts question here. Uh, the, our office is typically open on the following days and those days and hours are listed as part of the question. Um, are there any days or times that you were unable to work now? Could that be any more direct? Right. Here's the thing. If you answer that you are unable to work those dates and times, I got news for you. You might be wonderful, but you're exiting our process because I'm not, getting in as a, as an owner of a practice, I'm not getting into, well, you know, my uh, ex-boyfriends got custody of our goldfish on Monday, but not Tuesday. So I can be there. And the, no, no, I, I, I'm yeah. all, uh, all props to your But goldfish. I like the way you ask it too, but, though. I like the way you ask it because it's not saying you have to be there these times. Right. Uh, what it's saying, it's it's eliciting what doesn't work for them immediately, and and then they're going to be more apt to say, "Oh yeah, well this is they're if they're asking the question, they must be flexible." So I, right. I can't do that. I can't do this. So I, I like that. And there, it's worded in a way where empathy, um, discussion, wiggle room, maybes—they're not part of the equation. Are you able to work this or not? And if the answer is no, understand off you're out of our process because this the a player will adjust for their work environment the c player expects you to come to them well i got news for you uh-uh no one of the it's level so ups in working <laughs> with us is we don't you you don't come to them they come to you and it's all the difference in the world the, the the interesting part about all of this conversation, and we and we have really good people on our team, is not to say anything about that. But we hired our first virtual assistant um, mm -hmm. almost a year ago now, and one of the things that blew my mind about him was during the interview process, I asked he, he uh, lives in a different country. You know, we contract as an independent yep. contractor. Well, we we pay the company that employs him essentially, but. Um, but like, I, you know, he, he totally different time zone, like completely different time zone. Right. And he asked what our business, what our office hours were. And, and, he, and I said, well, no, no. What I asked him was the previous place that you worked, if there was something that went wrong, uh, what was it and how could we, 
um, avoid that in the future? Like, what could we do yep. to help you avoid that in the future? And he made the comment. He said, well, you know, my time is this. And so by the end of the workday for you all, it was this time for me. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, and I think I was slowing down a little bit. And I was like, well, so my immediate reaction, Mike, was to say, well, we could probably figure out like a way for you to start work earlier and then you could stop mm-hmm. work uh, earlier on your end so you can kind of get to bed and, and have. Right. And he was like, and he goes, oh, no, 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 Dr. Wolf, Dr. Wolf. No, no, no. I am available when your office is available. And I was like, right. holy cow, I was doing yeah. what you just said. I was trying mm-hmm. to make something work for him. And and it was so unbelievable to me that because I just hadn't experienced it in the hiring process for I can't tell you how long where he was immediately like saying like, no, no, that's not what I'm asking for. No, I will. Right. I am there for you. And I'm and I was like, wow, you're hired. <laughs> you know, just that alone was enough. Yeah. And you like on the OD side of things, we don't even realize we're doing it because when we're talking to patients all day long, it's about meeting their needs. It's the nature of what we do, um, one patient after another, after another, solving their problems and meeting their needs. Now, in order to be successful at, at hiring and on the HR side of things, you have to be the exact opposite of that, which we are not. In order to be successful at hiring, you have to not be you. Who the heck can do that? I mean, it's not like we're Hollywood actors to, to flip this switch off. It's, it's fundamentally um, exceptionally difficult to be able to do that well. And as part of the design of our system and process, we removed the emotion out of the process. It doesn't have a place. It is uh, methodical and objective through the entire process. So, you know, on the OD side of things, cut to the chase. You walk into the exam room, you're sitting in front of a patient. uh, So Mrs. Jones, what's your prescription today? You ever do that? I never have, right? Never have. when when we're using resumes, that's exactly how we do it. They tell us what they're good at, what their prescription is. Well, the Build My Team process, we use a foropter. We're going to tell them what their prescription is. These are polar opposite approaches. What analogy do you use for dentists? Oh, we have uh, <laughs> we don't get into <laughs> it on their side of things, but it's so yeah. easy on the OD side of things, you know. Right. Um, right. Dilation versus no dilation. I mean, it just goes on and on. Um, right. But that's what we're doing. It's just we've never had a better ro- uh, option un- until this type of approach. Now, there's one so, more thing. Go ahead, please. Yes. Uh, well. Some of the the initial feedback we got was that th- these assessments, you know, it's all kind of academic. Um, it's, uh, you know, where's the where's the test, the check uh, to make sure the rubber meets the proverbial road? And we have that. We have a video interview that's done by our team. And what the video interview does is it asks uh, the candidates a bunch of questions. And then the Remember, we do this at, at scale. So we're talking about some large numbers. We're not looking so much for the answers to the questions. It's how they answer the question and how they present themselves. Um, you know, we don't care if they're black, white, green, orange. None of that stuff matters. It's all um, completely beyond that. How do they answer the question? So, for example, um, we had... I'll give you two polar ends of the spectrum here. We've had uh, uh, we've had video interviews done, believe it or not, where the candidate is wearing almost always exclusively uh, female, wearing a terrific outfit. You know, suit jacket, b- uh, button down shirt, the whole nine yards. Um, standing in a bathtub. Now, follow me hmm. on this because this is out there. <clears throat> What on earth are they doing a video interview standing in their bathroom bathtub for? It's the best well, lighting. Bingo. You nailed it. Exactly. And it took us a while to, to reverse engineer what on earth is going on, on uh, you know, for our selection algorithms. Well, mm-hmm. if, here's how it goes. Um, those people are winners. They're absolute yep. superstars by the time they get to that point. They met all of our selection criteria. We know what their strengths and talents are. And here's a person who has virtually no resources to their name, 
but they've taken those resources and they maximize the heck out of them, right? They've got the best lighting. They've got a door shut. They've got kids or pets or, you know, alligators on the other side of the room making all kinds of noise. You can't hear it. You should they see are... the studio right now. And my kids <laughs> running around upstairs. <laughs> but they, you know, exactly. And they've taken this situation and they flipped it from what would be a negative at first blush to an incredible positive. That's who I want working in my practice. Like these are winners. These are people who can take small resources and turn them into something and squeeze every little ounce of, uh, of awesomeness out of those resources. So that's one end of the spectrum. We had, um, this only happened once, but we've had a person who did a video interview while driving. She did it on an incredible person, met all of our criteria and simultaneously an absolute idiot. So, you know, why would you, why would you do a video interview while driving? And we saw the background moving and oh my goodness. So that type of person was uh, manually exited from our process because no, you, you don't pass the common sense sniff test by doing something that ridiculous. So when that's all done, um, and keep in mind, the practice has uh, almost always less than an hour of work into this entire process at this point, we send over the finalist candidates for the practice to pick from. And at that point, we already know that the person can, the people that we send over can do the job. That's not a question. We know mm -hmm. they can do it and they can do a stupendous job. The practice simply picks which one they think will work best for the practice. That's it. It's straightforward. And we have clients where they don't even interview. <clears throat> they say, you guys know these folks best. Pick the one that you think is going to be most successful in practice and have them start you know, Thursday at 8 a.m. type thing. Uh, most practices don't do that. They want to meet the people. And so they, they select from the, the couple of candidates. Um, the really exceptional practices will do that very, very quickly. So um, whether you're working with a with build my team or not, what, you know, a tidbit for, for everybody listening is you, the days of interviewing and make, mulling a decision and then interviewing a second time, I mean, third interview gone, you will mm -hmm. only get the bottom of the barrel. If you're, if you're still moving uh, at that type of speed, the, the a players will look at your process and say, these guys don't know what the heck they're doing. I'm out. They just, they're out. The, mm -hmm. the B players might stick around to the second interview, but by the time you're talking, um, you know, a week or two later, you're left with the, the C players. The other guys already have jobs uh, or other people already have jobs and they're off to the races. So the take home there is that the, the days of hiring slowly and firing fast, that will categorically get you nowhere. You can still fire fast. That's terrific, right. but you have to hire quickly. And the, you know, it's very hard for, for docs to do that because we really love to make decisions based upon a massive amount of information, right? Yeah. Um, we're exceptional at sorting through piles of stuff and making decisions. What's terrifying is what if you don't have information to make decisions on? That's really tough for docs to do. And so we tend to mull those um, decisions and not make a decision. Well, then you are paralyzed and your business will not have team members. That's how that is today. Is it fair? Of course not. It's ridiculous. The whole situation is ridiculous, but that's essentially where we're at today. Yeah. So let's say I was going to pull the trigger and I am actually, you've convinced me that, uh, that we're going to, we're going to change our, I know you weren't trying to convince me, but you have not at all. Um, yeah. The, uh, so, so what is, so what's the process like? I need to reach out to you. What's the fees I'm going to pay, you know, that, that sort of thing. And then I need to hire somebody. Yep. So how does that work? Uh, straightforward. So you go to buildmyteam.com. You can schedule a consultation call um, with our team members um, and set it up at a time where you can talk for, for a little bit. Um, the best thing to do is just be prepared to be completely blunt, concise, and honest. Um, we have seen everything you can possibly imagine from amazing docs that are so empathetic. It's mind blowing to be a patient in their practice would be an experience all the way through to tyrants and folks mm -hmm. that, um, you know, you really wonder how on earth did this person get into healthcare? You know, they wouldn't have passed our mindset assessment. That's for sure. But, <laughs> um, we've seen everything in between. So you'd be quite blunt and, um, and honest about what's happening in your practice and let us help. Now, there's a caveat to that. If we cannot help you, 
We will tell you up front. We do not want to work with practices where we don't feel we can make a major impact in, in the practice. That, you know how sometimes we have patients where we just don't think we can help them? Yep. And occasionally yep. we have to send them to someone else. And you guys well, get to detect that on the front end. Well, <laughs> before keep in mind, you've seen the patient. Yes, we're looking for practices um, that are open to learning a new way of doing things. And yeah. um, because otherwise, why would you work with us? You know, if you want to continue to do the same thing, why would you work with us? We're, we're not going to be successful and we don't want any part of that. Um, and that's only happened a couple of times. Uh, I, and that was because the, the docs were not open to a different approach. Um, so, but again, only a couple of times, the vast majority, almost everybody that we work with ends up, um, approaching hiring from this new mindset and this new approach. And we start to build their team based upon strengths and talents and working in those strengths and talents on a daily basis. So the team members come in, they're asked to do something they're naturally good at. They go home at the end of the day. They don't understand why people are like, wow, you're really good at that. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know why, but they're naturally good at it. And they, they're able to perform at an A or B player level um, in the practice and it's to the point now where we're we're rejecting approximately ninety seven percent of people that apply hmm. to uh, to the jobs, and the the ones that depending on the position. So uh, you know, um, certain types of positions get more applicants. So that's a little bit of variability there, but it's uh, that's on average. And what that wow. does is it elicits people at the other end of this process that are really really good. They're not coming at you from. Um, most of them don't come from a healthcare background and they turn around, learn exceptionally quickly, and they are really, really good at their job. So do you have to train them for a little bit? Yes. Don't be anything other sure. than excited yeah. about that because you don't have to untrain them. And we, we guarantee, we literally have a guarantee where if the person doesn't work out for any reason for 90 days, we replace them for free. So, wow. and that's only been used a couple of times. Um, and a, a lot of it actually is because the spouse moved, believe it or not, mm. you know, the spouse yeah. was transferred or otherwise. So that's, that's kind of a general overview of the why and the understanding of the process and why we've, we've done things this way. And it's so methodical, but it's designed to do essentially one thing very, very well one extraordinarily specific thing over and over again um, at scale throughout North America. And that's fill the positions in, uh, you know, in a private uh, practice. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think I want to be respectful of your time. The, you've already said where people can go reach out. Why don't you tell them one more time, um, any other contact information you want to provide that, uh, so that, that um, people can reach out to you and work with you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, so quite simply, buildmyteam.com, www.buildmyteam.com. Uh, go there, schedule a consultation, and our team members will take it from there. Awesome. Dr. Mike Neal, thanks so much. Thank you for having me today. You're welcome. You're welcome.